You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello again, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Muse Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and you are listening to the Tuesday, March 23 edition of the show, coming to you uh, the day after news broke that the New York Giants have continued their free agent splurge this offseason by signing former Tennessee Titans cornerback Adoree Jackson at the surprising price of three years and $39 million, a price tag that, I'll be honest, I really absolutely did not see that coming at all. It kind of expected Jackson coming off an injury-plagued year where there were some questions in Tennessee uh, regarding, I, I guess, you know, I, I don't know for a fact, but some questions regarding whether he sat out for a little while to protect himself maybe could have come back sooner from his knee injury last year, a knee injury that that kept him out of all but three games a season ago. But uh, the Giants are obviously satisfied with with what they know about Jackson and and handed him a a pretty much of a a mega deal here, a big three-year, $39 million contract with reportedly more than $20 million dollars. Uh, in guaranteed money. We'll see the numbers a little bit later on. We don't have those yet, but we will get those eventually. And, you know, I, I need to start here, Giants fans. I need to start with the idea that I think that, that fans tend to obsess about the salary cap. And I think that the New York Giants have proven once again this free agency period that, that fans' obsession with the salary cap is is really much ado about nothing. I mean, we tell you all the time that the salary cap can be manipulated, that there are ways to get things done when it doesn't appear that you have enough money to get those things done. The cap can be moved around, money can be moved around, bonus, you know, salaries can be changed, signing bonuses can be used to spread money around, contracts can be restructured. So voidable years can be used in contracts to to move money to to the end of deals and and lower salary cap hits. The New York Giants, when you look at the cap, the amount of cap money that they have, and I'm not even going to try to figure out exactly what it is right now because it's fluid every day and every time you look at it, the number changes. But you would not in a million years have believed that the New York Giants could get Leonard Williams on a long-term deal could get the mega deal that they got done with 
with wide receiver Kenny Galladay for four years and $76 million. This deal done with Adoree Jackson, a deal with Kyle Rudolph done, some of the other smaller free agency moves that they've made. You would not ever have believed that the Giants could do all of this if you were looking at spot rack or looking at over the cap and just looking at the numbers and seeing the limited amount of cap space that that the Giants had uh, as as this free agency period unwound. But as I said, you move money around, you get it done. And, and my point here is, Giants fans, don't worry about the salary cap. Let Dave Gettleman worry about that. Let Joe Judge worry about that. Let Kevin Abrams, let the Giants front office worry about that. In the NFL, if a team wants to get a move done, they get it done. And, you know, go back. I have to, when, when we talk about wanting to get it done, it's pretty apparent here. You know, we talked a lot before free agency about whether the Giants would be able to sign Dalvin Tomlinson and bring him back. And obviously, Tomlinson, talented defensive tackle, left the Giants for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, when we look at things now, the Giants could have found the money for Dalvin Tomlinson had they really wanted to. But the flip side of that is they might not have been able to find the money for Kyle Rudolph. They might not have been able to find the money for John Ross. They might not have been able to find the money you know, for some of the other smaller free agent moves that they made, Reggie Ragland and some of the other moves that they made. So the Giants made a choice not to bring back Dalvin Tomlinson. They chose Leonard Williams. They made a choice that they would move on from, from Dalvin Tomlinson, that they would give Austin Johnson, you know, veteran run stuffing defensive tackle a bigger role but uh, but I do want to get back to talking more about Dory Jackson this is a young man who was a first round draft pick you look at in 2017 you look at the pro football focus statistics at the the analytics and this this young man was a very good player for the first three years of his career I asked uh, Jimmy Morris of SB Nation's um, Tennessee Titans website, Music City Miracles, for some information on Jackson. And he said that physically, physical skills-wise, he has the talent and the ability to be a top 10 cornerback in the NFL. And what we know for certain is that the Giants knew they needed a, a quality second corner opposite James Bradbury. We knew that uh, that at some point they would probably try to address that either in free agency or the draft. I'm a little bit surprised that they made this kind of a splash to get Jackson, but it's yet another indication that in year three of Daniel Jones' career here, the Giants are all in to put the best possible team that they can around Daniel Jones to find out once and for all if Jones is going to be the guy who can lead them long term. I mean, obviously, Jackson is a defensive player. Leonard Williams is a defensive player. But all of these things are about building a better overall roster. You brought in, Giants brought in Kenny Galladay. They brought in a backup running back in Devontae Booker. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. We have a draft coming up still. Where the Giants will, of course, you know, add or try to add even more useful parts. But this is really all about 
supplementing and supporting Daniel Jones and giving him the best possible chance to succeed in his third year. By the end of the 2021 season, we should have the answer to whether or not Daniel Jones is the guy going forward that the Giants can build with long term. That's really what this is all about. It's 100%. It's completely obvious that the Giants are all in for the 2021 season to be absolutely as good as they possibly can be. It's it's really apparent, you know, when you look at the NFC East that not only do the Giants feel like they need to support Daniel Jones as, as well as they possibly can, but it's obvious that in an NFC East where there wasn't a single team that had a winning record in 2020, that the Giants see an opening here. You have a, a Philadelphia Eagles team that's kind of in flux, in turmoil. We don't know what uh, you know what they're going to look like. You have a Washington football team with a really good defense, but a team that's going to depend on Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their quarterback. So... You know, who knows what what they're going to be. The Dallas Cowboys will get Dak Prescott back, but they're always a team that, that, that has some sort of turmoil going on. They're a team that perennially seems to struggle defensively. So there is an opening here for the New York Giants, and, and they are obviously going for it. And we don't know, you know, how all of these moves are going to turn out. You don't get a prize for winning free agency in the offseason. Some free agent moves work, some don't. You know, obviously some draft picks pan out, some don't. It's not an exact science. You you do your due diligence, which the Giants did with Jackson, which they did with Kenny Galladay. You do your due diligence, you make the best decision that you can make, and you go forward and, and you see how it works out. I think that Giants fans should feel really, really good right now simply because their team is going for it. Their team is trying to take that step. Their team is looking for that that big year three leap from Daniel Jones, the type of thing that Josh Allen did in Buffalo. They're they're going for uh, they're going for it here, and, and that's kind of a fun thing. We'll see how it all works out. But uh, you know, just another thing that I want to do here, Giants fans. We're gonna we're gonna change gears here. We're gonna get away from Adoree Jackson, away from free agency. I was able to talk with Lando Landers Nolan of SB Nation's Penn State website, Black Shoe Diaries. Recently, Penn State's pro day is coming up this Thursday. Penn State has several draft prospects that could interest the Giants in the early parts of the NFL draft, Micah Parsons, Jason Owe, Pat Fryermuth. So I wanted to talk to Lando about some of those guys, and uh, I think that uh, let's do that right now. Let's take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I will play that interview for you with Lando Landers Nolan of Black Shoe Diaries as we learn more about uh, some of the young men from Penn State who will be uh, in the 2021 NFL Draft class. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Giants fans, as we continue the build-up to the NFL draft, we're trying to, uh, to talk about as many prospects as possible and one of the the great things about SB Nation is that we have a full slate of college writers of college blogs that that cover the uh, the various teams around uh, around college football and know these players a whole lot better than we do and I'm joined now by by one of those guys I'm joined now by Lando Landers Nolan of SB Nation's Penn State website, Black Shoe Diaries, uh, to talk about some of the Penn State prospects. Lando, thank you very, very much for uh, coming back on the show. Good to be here again. Hey, I, I I know that you're I know that you're a big Giants fan, so uh, so just 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 get that out there for for folks. Uh, you know, Lando's a big Giants guy, so so hopefully he'll give us the. Uh, the real down and dirty inside scoop on, on all of these, these Penn state prospects. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, let's, let's just do this. There are really three or four guys that are, you know, top tier Penn state prospects guys that, that in varying degrees have been connected to the giants. So, so let's kind of, let's kind of go through them. Uh, more or less from top to bottom. And, and I guess that means the Giants with the 11th overall pick, I guess that means we have to start with linebacker Micah Parsons. And the the overarching question would be, if the Giants draft Micah Parsons at number 11, is would would you like that value and how fired up would that make you, you know, knowing that you're a Giants guy? I would be over the moon um, with, with the Giants drafting Micah. I mean, I I've said for many years that the linebacker has been a area of need for the Giants really going back to, you know, Kavika Mitchell and Antonio Pierce. And like, I really, I haven't, you know, you can disagree with me, but I, I don't, it can't really come to mind another linebacker that's really dominated uh, for the Giants like Micah can. Um, he was so versatile. And a lot, a lot of the mock drafts have him going beyond the 11th pick. So all, all signs point to him being there. And, you know, his versatility, um, his ability to, especially to his closing speed, tracking down uh, runners in the backfield, you know, a knock on him is that he's not as good in coverage. You know, he dropped interceptions several times uh, over the last few years. Um, and, and, I, and I know, I'm not sure if you'll get into this, but I know the concern seems to be 
that he has character issues uh, stemming from these allegations um, that have been proven to be false. Um, so I know that is why he's been slipping in some of the draft boards, which is why originally I thought there's no way he would be available at 11. But now it seems like he's going to be there and I would be ecstatic if the Giants took him. So Lando, since you, since you brought it up, let's, let's talk about the, the character thing and the hazing allegations and, and all of that. I know they were, they were disproven or no punishment was, was handed out or, or any of that. So I guess the, the overriding question with, with Parsons is what kind of kid is he and should there be a character concern? Uh so, I mean, he's got swagger. I, I think he's, he's got a little bit of a chip uh, coming from Harrisburg, coming from that area. And, uh, you know, his recruitment was highly publicized. So he certainly has, you know, an, an attitude. And, and, but I don't think that's a negative. I, I think sometimes people think of, and, and maybe, again, you're closer to the Giants coverage than I am this idea of like a giants player, like a, it's kind of like with the Steelers that you, you had this image in your brain about what kind of player that was supposed to be. And no, Micah doesn't fit that stereotypical, you know, going to put your head down and do the best for the team all the time kind of guy, but he's still going to work hard. He's a, he's a team guy in the standpoint that he's not going to let down his teammates. Um, so he's not going to cause any locker room issues. He was never a cause of any locker room trouble. Um, I think people are just turned off with by his bravado and he's, he's confident. He knows he's one of the best players at his position in the country. Uh, and I love that about him. Um, I think every team can use players like that. So I don't think there's specific character issues with him, um, given Penn state's history, I, I understand why you hear the types of hazing allegations and you automatically assume they're to be accurate and uh, not, not the case. So, so I, I'm not that concerned with him from a character standpoint. On the field, uh, best defensive player in the country. Uh, be in the conversation. Yeah. I, again, it's just, he could line up at every, any linebacker spot. He could probably line up at, you know, stand up defensive end. Um, He's just got so many tools. Uh, I would definitely put him certainly in the top five, at least. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned uh, the tools that he has because as 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 I've studied him and as some of our draft guys have studied him, I look at him and I think you know, he is an inside linebacker. He is you know what it, what is now called an off ball linebacker. But, but I look at him and I think it's entirely possible that if you wanted to draft him purely as an edge guy, that he might be the number one edge guy in this class. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he could certainly line up at that position as well. I, he's got the, he's got the ability. He's got the range. He's got the speed. Uh, I agree for sure. All right. So let's, uh, so let's move on. Let's actually talk about an edge guy. You know that the Giants, even if they sign Leonard Williams, you know that they might be looking for 
you know, a stand-up edge, a guy that can make an impact as a pass rusher, guy that can make an impact, maybe setting, you know, setting the edge against the run. It's really something that the Giants haven't had for a while, um, you know, especially now that they're in this this base three four defense. And so we have to talk about Jason Owe, who is a very very confusing prospect for me. Um, I think that he ran, and I don't have the time in front of me, he ran a ridiculous 40 time the other day for a guy that's his size. He's got incredible measurables and you know athletic tools and, and all of those things. And yet he just went through a season where he had zero sacks, you know, zero sacks during the 2020 college football season. So I don't know what to make of this guy and how early you can draft this guy and trust that you're going to get value, you know, at, at, uh, at wherever you draft him. I know that I don't feel comfortable drafting him at 11. Um, just, just tell us, tell us what you think of, of OA and, and his NFL potential. Well, Ed, uh, we are exactly the same mind <laughs> when it comes to OA. Um, you, you said it. He has those measurables. He has the the forty time. He's got the quickness. Um, a lot of Penn State fans were in the same position. It's like, why is he leaving early? He had zero sacks. The exact kind of philosophy of where is this hype coming from? It's comes the potential, not because of the the proven production that we saw. I love Jason Oway as a guy. I think in a couple of years he could be something. I, but to be honest, I get serious Aaron Maven flashbacks when I think about and look at Jason Oway, you know, a guy that he was drafted early by the Jets because he had one great year. Now, I guess the difference between Aaron and, and Oway is that he had a season that you could point to, but very similar kind of guy where he was a speed rusher and you can't you can't beat everybody in the NFL with speed. I mean, yes, he's very fast, but you, he's got to develop some of those other skills. Um, I think as a Giants fan, my concern, if they were to draft him and like, like you said, I don't think they're going to they're reach that high for him. Although he seems to be climbing up in the draft boards. I want someone who's going to contribute right away. And I don't know if Jason is going to be able to put up the kind of production in year one that specifically the Giants need. Other teams probably could could deal with him, uh, you know, could have him in the first round and he can contribute well for them. But the Giants really need a difference maker and a really – someone who can really disrupt the opposing offense. And I don't know if, uh, you know, only you know, in the first year if, if always going to be able to do that. Would you would you take a flyer on him? And and I hate to actually take a flyer at this point in the draft, but but would you feel comfortable with him at forty two, which is where the Giants pick in the second round? I would feel more comfortable uh, um, with at, at forty two. Um, I would rather the Giants take a different player at that spot, a different Penn State player, <laughs> personally at, at that position. But yeah, I I think second round that for me that's a different scenario i think that certainly is something i would be open to 
Let me before we move on to the player I think you're 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 leading me toward, I wanted to ask you one more OA question. Okay. When when you look at when you look at the 2020 season, were you able to to put a finger on on why there wasn't any production from the kid in you know in terms of I mean I know that that the the advanced metrics will stay well, he was still impacting the pass rush and maybe he played ru- played the run pretty well as, as an edge setter and, and, and all of that. But can you put your finger on, on why there, there weren't any stats, any real product, any real, you know, sack production from the kid? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, you're right that there are metrics that show that he overall was a, a benefit for the defense, but uh, I'm not sure if it was the teams knew about him because he really only kind of came on the scene towards the end of uh, the previous season so they kind of knew him and maybe there was more doubles or, or helps or chips or, or what have you. Um, I, I really can't say it's the easy answer is, Oh, it was the pandemic because Penn state did not have a good season last year, especially at the beginning. Uh, and it's really hard to say specifically what the issue could have been. Um, I, I'm not really positive about that. All right. So now where I think you were going, with the the pick at 42 and the player that that you might prefer is I think you were heading toward tight end Pat Fryermuth. Tell me if I'm right or not. That is correct. Uh, I would love the Giants to draft what we call a free moose. Um, mm-hmm. He, to me, he's a complete tight end. Uh, you know, I know he did um, had injury issues last year. Uh, he's got great range he's got great speed he's a blocker um, which the Giants really haven't had a complete tight end for a while so so I mean that would be something I would be very happy if he if he slipped to that far I know that he's starting to get a little bit of first round pub um, but uh, I think that I would love the Giants could get him there it's funny because I've I've studied him you know, a decent amount and I do not want to put a Jason Witten tag or a Jason mm. Witten comparison mm. on Fryermuth, but what I do think when I see him is that Jason Garrett succeeded for many, many years in Dallas, although he wasn't always the offensive coordinator, but he succeeded for many, many years in Dallas with a very traditional type of tight end in Jason Witten. And a lot of the other guys that they had in Dallas were what you would call, you know, quote unquote, traditional tight ends. And, and, and that is what I see in, in, in Fryermuth. And I think, and, you know, and, and tell me if you, if you agree with me, I think that perhaps Jason Garrett, the way he runs his offense would be really, really comfortable, you know, with a player like this. Oh yes, hundred percent. I think, uh, yeah, you know, Pat can stretch the field um, like maybe a non-traditional tight end can, but he also he does all the traditional tight end stuff. And I think he's also a, a team first guy, which I always like to see. Um, so it's in terms of a personalities balancing. If you were to draft Micah. In, in the first round, then Pat's, I mean, he's very humble. He's, he's going to put a team 
you know, ahead of his own stats. He's not, um, he knows he can get the stats if he wants to, but he's going to do whatever the team needs. And um, it'd be great to have him blocking for uh, number 26. That's for sure. There you go. There you go. And, and catching a few passes from number eight along the way. Yeah. So another guy that I need to ask you about is another one of, of the Penn State edge guys, Shaka Tony. Um, probably more of a day three type selection, but let's say that the Giants don't draft an edge early. Let's say that that they want to take a more of a more of a flyer on an edge guy, you know, on a day three. Um, what what are your thoughts on on Shaka Tony's NFL potential? So yeah, I mean, I think he's he's getting like that fourth round kind of areas where people seem to be uh, placing him, and I think that's a great spot for the Giants and for him. Um, he's got a little bit more of the size that I like in a, in a defensive lineman. Uh, he's also, I know his, his production has been somewhat up and down, but he's, he really has flat flash shown flashes, you know, uh, a couple, I think he had three or four sacks against Maryland one year and maybe Indiana another year. Um, so he's got the ability to turn it up. Um, you know, certainly not as, uh, as, as fast as um, OA is, but he's got the speed. Um, and I, I think I would rather them take Shaka because I think he's a little bit more of an established guy who can put up numbers and, and contribute both in the run as well as uh, pass rush. So I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, do you, can he stand up and maybe drop into shallow areas and zone coverage and things like that as well? Yeah, that's the one area I coverage is something I don't he didn't do quite as much of that um, with Penn State. So I, I think that's the area that I would I'm not saying he can't do that. I think he could. Uh, I just uh, I don't have like the data to, to kind of back up my opinion, but he certainly has the athleticism to, to do that. I think it's just that you really haven't seen it that much. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of why I asked because you've seen him, you know, more than we have, and it's just Mm -hmm. not something that, that we've seen a whole lot. It's something that I think, I think Shaka was down at the senior bowl. And I think Jim Nagy said that he thought from what they saw at the senior bowl, they they believe he can do it. But again, it's just not something we've seen a whole lot. And it's funny you mentioned that because there was uh, one of the other um, draft products, projects um, father said something about, it kind of made a point to that and we were talking in our room like well he he never got put into the coverage so um that's yeah that that definitely was a point of of conversation among the Penn State people all right and let me ask you um just I'm curious you couple of guys that are on the roster for the Giants right now you know before I let you go that I that I need to ask you about I'm curious um you know, Saquon obviously had the, the the devastating knee injury last year. I'm just curious if there's any chatter around the Penn State community about Saquon and about about his recovery and 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 how people feel about what we might expect to see from from Saquon in 2021. I think uh, everyone has been eagerly, you know, looking at his 
social media updates about his recovery. And I think we're all pretty encouraged about the speed in which he has been recovering. And I, and I'm not shocked at all that he has at times been ahead of schedule and he's working hard because he's one of the hardest workers that I've seen at Penn state. And uh, so his work ethic and his kind of determination um, is definitely something that a lot of us were excited to see him. I'm, I'm hoping that he's going to be back to, to full strength. Uh, well, you know, we'll have to see what happens. And the other guy I wanted to ask you about giants drafted linebacker Cam Brown in the in the sixth round, I think it was a year ago, and I know that Cam played mostly as an off-ball inside linebacker at Penn State. Giants more or less converted him to an edge guy, to an outside guy. He didn't play a whole lot, but he got some some edge rush snaps toward the end of the season. Um, showed a little bit of potential there as as an edge rusher was really, really good for the Giants on special teams, getting downfield, covering kickoffs, covering punts, those kinds of things. Anything from Cam Brown that you might have seen um, that was a surprise uh, to you at, at, as a rookie last year? Well, I mean, really the biggest thing, uh, he seems to have kind of gotten rid of the mental mistakes um, that was the thing that seemed to plague him at Penn State a lot was kind of s- silly late hits, you know, after the play kind of penalties. And um, that seems to have resolved itself. Um, I, I was wondering about how he was going to impact the Giants when they drafted him. I was certainly pleased. Uh, and I knew that special teams was where he got started at Penn State, too. And so I'm not surprised that he did well there. Uh, but, yeah, the, really the thing I was pleased to see was trying to eliminate those uh, kind of mental errors. Were you surprised at all to see the Giants, you know, put him out on the edge the way that they did instead of using him, uh, you know, more as a, more as an, as an off ball guy? Well, I think edge, I think that's, that really speaks to his ability and his athleticism. So I think that was a good, a good move uh, for the Giants. I think that it's a strength of his, um, and I, I think that's probably a better use of his talents right now. Anyway, I, I think, um, kind of off ball or kind of potential being in coverage is a little bit, I mean, he's got to keep working on that. Um, so I think the edge is kind of where he's going to be the most productive right now. All right, Lando. Hey, I appreciate your coming on. Appreciate your taking some time to to talk to us. You know, cross your fingers and and, and hope that that one or two of these guys land with the Giants. You know, if if that happens, maybe we'll get you back on to uh, talk about what you see as far as roles for those guys, and uh, and and we'll go from there. But uh, all of these guys, I see as as intriguing. You know, for the Giants, as you know, all of the the draft prospects. So. We'll see what happens. Why don't you uh, just tell folks, uh, you know, where they can find uh, Black Shoe Diaries on on Twitter, where they can find your work on Twitter, you know, what you guys might have coming up that might be be draft related and all that good stuff here before I let you go. So uh, Black Shoe Diaries, BlackShoeDiaries.com. We are on Twitter at uh, BSDTweet. And then I've actually been doing – couple times a month uh nfl mock draft kind of roundups 
uh, we're looking at the Penn State players in particular, but looking at several different mock drafts. Uh, and of course, been paying attention to where the Giants are drafting. So uh, check out that. That's every couple of weeks. So the next one will be uh, a week from this coming Sunday, and uh, getting into our off-season coverage as well. So if you're a Penn State alum as well as a Giants fan like me, we're, we're the place to go. All right, Lando. Thank you very, very much, and and we'll talk to you again. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. You too. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. As always, we thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Give us a rating if you can. Send an email to bigblueview at gmail.com if you have questions, suggestions, anything uh, anything that you want to know about your New York Giants. Maybe it'll appear in, uh, in one of our mailbags, or maybe I'll be able to answer your question here on the Valentine's Views podcast. All right, our thanks to Lando Landers Nolan of Black Shoe Diaries. Giants fans, take care, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.